to the Dynasty Roundtable podcast. We're back at it, Matt Babich, and we have a special guest with us tonight, don't we? Yes, we do. From the Dynasty Warzone podcast, you know it from potentially right here at playerprofiler.com, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Central Time, the, the best time zone that there is. Don't come at me with this Eastern Standard Time garbage, but it's Memphis Young. How are we doing? I am doing great. Super excited to be here. Yeah, that was uh, you're, you're letting them in behind the scenes of the email back and forth about you guys are like, this is central time. I'm like, what's central time? But before I, you know, I lived in Indiana my whole life. There was a time when we used to like half the year, we didn't observe daylight savings time. So we were on central time part of the time. But nope, we got it all worked out. I'm here and I'm ready to talk some uh, man seasons here, right? Week two preseason right around the corner. A lot of stuff going on. Really a great time to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And we have to get it kicked off right away with probably what everybody in fantasy football has been focused on the last couple of days. I mean, it's the elephant in the room in Memphis. I'll go straight to you. Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin signs with the Jets. Zeke Elliott signs with the Patriots. Are contending teams with Stevenson and Brees Hall in trouble? Or how are you viewing this whole situation that's unfolded the last couple of days? Well, I'll start with, with the Brees Hall first because he's my dynasty RB2 right now. It's a one-year deal, and sometimes in dynasty because we can live in a fishbowl. Now, we're supposed to be, quote-unquote, playing the long term, so you should be looking in the future, but you should also be looking in the past a couple of years. Just because Dalvin played all 17 games last year does not mean that's his norm. He's by no means an Iron Man in his own right. Hell, he can't even practice right now because he's not fully released from shoulder surgery. So... If, if this gives you a cheap opportunity to buy Brees Hall, awesome. Because what's going to happen? The same thing that happens to all the running backs. He's he's going to fulfill the, the, fulfill the last two years of his rookie deal. He's probably going to get franchised. So you know he's going to be in the Jets organization for three years. Now I've got a bold prediction later on Aaron Rodgers, but he's going to have Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years. Spoiler alert. And, and, and I think this is a great opportunity that if you can buy him low, do it. Um, because what I really want is uh, – the, the term the pod father uses is meat shield. I want Dalvin Cook to be that early season meat shield. Take all those garbage carries that, that really don't mean anything. Basically, he's just taking Michael Carter's job. And then we're going to get in the, in the fantasy playoffs. He's going to be another two or three months removed from the ACL surgery. He's going to have his legs back under him. And guess what's coming right around at the end of December? Fantasy football playoffs. And you're going to have a guy that's probably going to be crushing it and you know what? Maybe he's getting 50-50, and maybe instead of getting you 13 or 14 or 15 PPR points a game, maybe he's getting you 12. But we always know he has those spike week potentials. So I'm not sweating it. It's a one-year deal. I actually think this is great for Brees Hall because for us that want to buy running backs, because running backs are not worth a whole lot right now, it's, it's weird to say because, what was it, like 2018, 2019? You couldn't get a running back. You couldn't get a Christian McCaffrey. You couldn't get a... Uh, a, a guy, an Alvin Kamara. At the time before the incident, you couldn't get a Kareem Hunt. Now running backs are just kind of looked at as interchangeable parts. But if you want to get a really good one, this Dalvin Cook news has given you the opportunity to do it. Well, what are your thoughts though? I'll, I'll throw it back to Matt because you know I, I don't know if that's a Patriots jersey on. Maybe we'll talk Ramondre right. here in a minute. But what are your thoughts on the on the on the cross? Uh, I guess cross East Coast rivalry with the Jets and and your thoughts on Dalvin. Yeah, so Brees Hall is a special, special talent, and the New York Jets know that. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the meat shield, and that's what Dalvin's going to be. And when, when we think about 
Brees Hall's expectations going into the year. I mean, these Dalvin Cook rumors have been happening for a very long time. And I think everyone's been kind of working with the assumption that the Jets were going to make some sort of move with, you know, having these, you know, hosting Dalvin Cook for workouts and having him to the locker room. And Dalvin Cook, you know, what is Dalvin Cook as an asset right now that different from Kareem Hunt? You know, kind of a satellite plus at this point, not very explosive, but reliable. So why can't Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook be something more of a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation? But the thing is, Kareem, or, um, Brees Hall is a natural pass catcher. 80th percentile college target share had a game with 10 targets and a game with 11 targets in his rookie season. That was in weeks one and three right away in the NFL. And that's in a backfield with an established target earner as a rookie with Michael Carter. So he came onto the scene and he proved himself as an efficient pass catcher, a hyper efficient runner. He was RB 14 and 13 in two consecutive weeks with 15 total carries between the two weeks. So I don't think there's there's anything Dalvin can do within the the world, the realistic world that we live in, that he can actually knock Brees Hall that far off of his value. So in terms of dynasty, if you're contending with Brees Hall, you're certainly not selling. You're not in trouble. You're one and you're looking there's this is a buy window. Can I throw something in? Because not enough people outside of the player profiler network are, are talking about this. And I've talked about it a lot because. We're not going to really talk a lot about about these guys, but we're sleeping on guys like Chris Godwin and George Pickens because what are they? They're another year post-ACL rehab. Both those guys tore their ACLs. It was either – I know for a fact Godwin was real late in December 2021, and George Pickens was in the national championship game or the NCAA playoff that year. Both those guys are another full year removed from those ACLs, and like no one's talking about that as part of their potential upside ceiling, but you hear that here on Player Profiler. This is the thing. I was never counting on Brees Hall to be a, a, a super mega producer. Anything that he gives me this year, like from week eight or nine on, I consider that like a bonus because I was always getting him knowing that it's not the second year removed from the ACL. And that's when these guys really come back. Cooper Cup, you know, did that. So, so many of these guys do that. It's that year away. So, yes, I still love Brees Hall. But just a little side nugget for tuning in to the Dynasty Roundtable is you need to go back and see what a uh, current valuation on Chris Godwin is. 27 years old, set to smash in a, uh, in a in a spot in Tampa Bay. Talk about someone who feels like he's been around for a while. Chris Godwin's only 27. Because if, if you were to ask me his age, I would have told you 29. Flat he, he's he's a year a year and change younger than Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, I just did this on the Dynasty Warzone this past Sunday. Calvin Ridley's 28. When the season starts, he'll be 28 and eight months. He's almost 29. Now, he's much more in that window with the Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, not quite Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup, but he's close. Whereas Chris Godwin is like, he's right at that perfect season. And here's the thing. He missed like two or three games last year and had 140 targets. Now the defense is worse. They're going to be playing from behind. And he works in that short to intermediate area where quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield thrive. I'm telling you, it it wasn't on the show sheet. It wasn't on the show sheet, but I'm throwing it out here for your listeners. Go look in your leagues and even contender, not a contender. He's 27. You can get three plus good years out of him maybe even get a QB upgrade next year, and uh, he's a steal. So, sorry, I didn't mean to throw you no. off the show sheet, but this, these these guys, no. 
you can't expect the very next year post ACL. That's the larger point. You can't expect these guys like immediately post ACL just to come in here and kick ass and take names. There's a there's a, a known time frame with this, and Brees Hall's no different. I mean, you get the occasional animal like Adrian Peterson, who's just like more cyborg than human. But most of us mortals, most of these mortal guys, they take a little bit of time, and and you're going to get some value with that. And uh, the notorious Jay in the chat said, uh, "Don't think, uh, don't forget about Jamison Williams. Also, another year removed. So but he's got to quit gambling first. He's got and fighting yeah. his teammates. Yeah." I, I think we got the sneak peek last year. I mean, I know it, it's funny year to year. We we can have short memories and dynasty gamers. Sometimes even myself can have short memories. But I think we got a sneak peek with J.K. Dobbins last year. You know, J.K. Dobbins only played eight games toward the end of the season and started to come on towards the, the end of the 2022 season. So I was always I was right there with you, Memphis. I was always factoring in that that was a likely outcome for Brees Hall, that he probably wouldn't be available maybe the first four weeks of the season the way we would have we would like him to. But the fact is, Brees Hall, I was drafting him everywhere and redraft in 2022, and he was on that trajectory that we thought he could be on. He's a very exciting player. And I know signing Dalvin Cook is is not the greatest for the short term, but in Dynasty, we play in two to three year windows. So and we get these guys for their careers. So this is definitely an opportunity to do a price check on Brees Hall. I would I would definitely be be filling out some offers. You know, well, I think the Jets did you a favor. The Jets yeah, did yeah. The, the, the Jets did you a favor as a Dynasty gamer, and here's how I see that because based on bringing in Aaron Rodgers short window to be able to compete. Like they really, they really think they, they can have a chance at the playoffs and maybe making some noise and and they should, that defense looked awesome the other day. They kicked the crap out of Carolina. And and not only does bringing in Dalvin cook, it actually serves two things. It lets Aaron Rodgers know they're serious about spending money. They're serious about doing whatever it takes to compete. They did you a favor by, because they see themselves as, as a contender. It's actually taking reps off of Brees hall that you don't want. You don't want those ugly reps early in the season. You don't want Robert Sala and you know Nathaniel Hackett to feel like they have to use him more than they should because they're trying to win ball games. Having a guy like Dalvin Cook there serves the master of real football to allow them to continue to win games, but it takes those meaningless week four through 11 reps off of his knee that's going to allow him to come back in 2024 and be a supercharged kick-ass dynasty asset. Yeah, don't you think in best ball, like – in those weeks that really matter, if you can pair him with some running backs like David Montgomery and Rashad White that can really help out. I know this is a dynasty show, but I'm thinking about it in two best ball. Like you get a huge discount probably on Brees Hall. Theo was telling me the other day or today, actually, Theo was telling me he saw Brees Hall slip to the sixth round in one of those best ball tournaments, which is crazy to me. I, like he's going to he's going to be contributing towards the back half of the season. And those are the weeks, like if you make it, you know, the week 15, 16, 17 playoff slate, that's where you're going to, Brees Hall is going to be available. So I, I, and I honestly, I didn't even really think about, consider that, like, that's a good point you made that Dalvin's likely going to be taking those carries that we don't really even want Brees Hall to have anyway. So if that's Brees a great. Hall, if Brees Hall didn't take a, a carry on the, on their own side of the 50, the entire season, I think I, I think I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Bring, bring him in in short so, yardage. So little value. 
Yes, let, let, let him get targets. Remember, and I always like to credit this because I think it's a tremendous stat, but I don't want to pretend like it's mine. Graham Barfield did the math on this a few years ago that a running back target is worth 2.8 carries. So if you tell me Dalvin Cook is taking more of the, the between the tackles beating and Brees Hall can get more of those receptions, which, which are more valuable to us as mostly PPR and half PPR fantasy gamers, we're winning on two fronts. So I, I I don't think that Dalvin Cook is bad. But if you're someone who had Dalvin Cook, you're going to be able to use him. And I think what I'm doing with the Dalvin Cook on the flip side of this, we can wave pom-poms for Brees Hall because we, we're very excited. But if you're a dynasty gamer with, with Dalvin Cook, you're going to get a great sell opportunity in a couple of weeks. And if you can package him with your second and go get a 24 first, feels like a hell of a move. Hey, man, you're a contender. You know what? You're, that's probably going to be like the 110, the 109. Let me give you this mid-second. You're only moving back a couple of places, and you're picking up Dalvin Cook. you got to put your salesman cap on a little bit, but you're getting a 24 first. And remember, 24 first, especially in Superflex, Caleb Williams, Drake May, is it Quinn Ewers, uh, Bowers or Browers, whatever, the, 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 the tight end from Georgia, oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. I just rattled all five guys in Superflex tight end premium, and I didn't mention one running back. If you can move off of Dalvin Cook, get that final payout, add a little something, get that 24 first from a contender, doesn't matter because, because of the, the quarterback talent that we're going to see this year in, in the rookie class, you can make a nice uh, nice little uh, profit by moving off Dalvin Cook. So you can use him for a little bit. You can sell him when the games get live. That's kind of how I'm approaching Dalvin Cook because Better he's going to get washed in the free agent market next year anyway because it's packed. Yeah. That early season schedule, though, better not get to them because they start the season against the Bills, the Cowboys, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. The Patriots is probably the one game where the Jets probably at home beat up on the Pats a little bit, and you're hoping for for you're hoping for a two touchdown game somewhere in that stretch. It could happen. I know we say this every year, but Memphis, I think now is the perfect time to do exactly what you just said. So there's a there's some hype on Dalvin Cook right now, like you mentioned. What you talked about is exactly what I try to do, is like when these things happen, it's like, okay, Dalvin Cook's value just got boosted up. I love this 2024 class. I, know, I feel like we say it every year, but Matt and I did a, a mock draft and a deep dive into it. There's like Brock Bowers is amazing. Uh, yeah. Quarterbacks are great. The Rocket Sanders from Arkansas looks really good. I mean... I don't There's know so shit many. about this this NCAA class. I, I know nothing, nothing, but I have a great uh, – we have our own network, the Dynasty Warzone Network, on top of doing stuff for Player Profiler. We have a guy named Dallas Hyder who does rookie stuff for us, and, and he does great stuff. I, these are just the names that I can rattle off the top of my head. I can't even really name a lot of the good running backs. You guys can educate me on that, but I'm smart enough to know that if you play – which most of us do. I'd say 70% of leagues right now are probably super flex, especially yeah. in Dynasty. And when I can rattle off three quarterbacks top of my head, forget you guys who are really into like the college and the Debbie stuff. You guys are like, you guys are really into this, but it, you see very quickly, anytime there's a good QB class and super flex and tight end premium, it really, really makes the first like this year. We didn't have, we had a, we had a good first round QB class two years ago. We didn't with Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, man, that was rough, but, but, Yes, the first, the 24 first are going to be very, very valuable. And I'm, I'm not normally a chase a first guy, 
But if you're going to get ahead of it, get ahead of it. Because once you get in season, you know all the dynasty content's going to be like, go chase the 20, the first Marvin Harrison touchdown. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's, over. Why, that's why I like to he do it he, now. Before he said he might run like a 4 3 8 40. I hope he does. I think that's, I think that would be at least 85th percentile speed speed score which would be i mean just insane to add on to everything else on his profile i like what six four two twenty or something something similar i mean he's a freak yeah, yeah. egg book is good too anyway uh we could we don't go too we can, we can go down a bunch of roads no, on we, this could, topic. We, we could just make this a 2024 draft class show if we wanted to um but what, do we talk about Ramondre at all i, I want to yeah do- i i'm interested i kind of want to kick off this conversation because okay. I, I heard a lot of nuggets through that conversation about Brees Hall that would insinuate that both of you share a similar feeling about Ramondre Stevenson. So I'll kick it over to Memphis to start to see if that's true. I actually think Ramond. first of all, I was never Ramondre Stevenson guy. Let me start okay. there. Because as a rookie, he had 18 targets. Last year, he had 88 targets, which is the real thing. Oh, but the 18 came with Josh McDaniels as the OC. And I'm going to loosely call Matt Patricia and Joe Judge OCs, co-OCs last year. Now we got Bill O'Brien. So I got 18 on one hand, 88 targets on the other. Okay. I think that the, 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 the middle was always, the average was probably always the case, like 56 targets and like 45 catches. The problem is, is we saw the 88 targets and that's what everybody's chasing. Bill Belichick has been doing this to dynasty and fantasy gamers forever. He does not. He does not love the running back position. And my thing is, is that even though to his credit for running back, Ramondre Stevenson played all 17 games last year. And kudos, because it's it's a tough grind to play running back. He was listed as the starter seven times. Those seven times were mostly the games when Damian Harris was not the starter, when he was injured, because that's what Damian Harris does. He gets injured. So for me, you just lost touchdown upside, because as quote-unquote washed as Zeke is, He's still a goal line guy. I think he had like 12 touchdowns last year around the goal line. And Zeke had like a four-year run where he had 47 or more receptions. So it's not like he's just this between the tackles grinder. And I don't trust Bill Belichick. So in like redraft, you're you're already sunk with Ramondre. You got him, run with him. From a dynasty standpoint, if you can find anyone who's still bullish, I'm looking to get out of the Ramondre business. Now, your hope is that Zeke is washed. They cut him. It's a couple of $3 million. I think if I remember correctly, New England's number five next year in current 2024 salary cap. They're up there. So, so you know, $3 million bucks with $6 million upside. My thing with Zeke is, A, I don't think most people know that he and Ramondre Stevenson share an agent. So Zeke took a, a an incentive-laden contract. And if you're Zeke, do you take an incentive-laden contract unless you've been assured you're going to get the touches that are going to give you the opportunity to hit those incentives? That, that feels like a conversation that's been had. So uh, I don't want to completely poo-poo the Ramondre Stevenson, but, you know, he was trending. And it's not just player profiler. Player, player profiler had him as like RB 13, 14 in a startup. That's pretty much consensus if you look at the nerds or DLF or fantasy pros. So that's very in that same pocket. Man, if, if I could add a little bit and get out of that business and get like a Najee Harris – or or because like he's like RB 10 to 11, so they're pretty close. I, I would love to get out of the Ramondre business. Nothing against Ramondre, it's just I don't trust Bill Belichick. I don't know what this workload's gonna look like. So that that's I kind of took it opposite. I took it as positive for Brees and more negative for Ramondre. Now, but you're wearing the the Patriots jersey. First of all, what number? What what player? And then okay, I'll, I'll give, what were I'll, your thought? 
I'll give out the number and let's see if you guys can guess the player. Okay. okay. Number the number is 10. 10. Ooh. It's not McCorkle. Slight slight it, oh yeah, true. It is not McCorkle. Yeah. Uh, that'd be too obvious. Slight hint didn't play there for very long. Didn't play there for very long. Is it Jacoby Myers? No, I think 17 would be oh, okay. or sorry, 16 would be Jacoby Myers. Okay, but had that I, same like like that full circle shape to it. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know either. He, this this player, uh, like Calvin Ridley, was a was a very promising asset, and then sat out for a year and a half, and then tried to come back and play some football. And that's uh, Josh Gordon. Oh, oh, okay. oh wow! God, that you know, beautiful wow. game in 2019 where where Tom Brady was thrown to Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. What, you know that just tells you what kind of a person Tom Tom Brady is. He's he's a saint. You know, he he he's willing to take in these guys. Like he brought Antonio Brown with him everywhere. I, I so I've been playing forever. I've been playing dynasty and, and fantasy football forever. And I thought I'd learned my lesson with Braylon Edwards. If you guys remember Braylon Edwards. I do. Mm. You know, he had uh I think it was fourteen hundred and fourteen touchdowns one year. And and I thought I'd learned my lesson. And then here comes Josh Gordon and I chased him around like a puppy dog for <laughs> for for many years because you just look at him. It's like we talked about Marvin Harrison Jr. earlier. I'm not saying that Josh Gordon was physically Marvin Harrison Jr., but, dude, you saw that guy. He just looked the part. Absolutely crazy. So that bums me. Anyway, I didn't mean to go down a Josh uh, Josh Gordon rabbit hole, but uh, great choice of jerseys. Yeah. Thank you. I, I like the niche ones. So my, the, the Pat's jerseys I currently have with me here are, are Mac Jones, Josh Gordon, Cam Newton, and, uh, and Kendrick Bourne. So, oh, and Julian wow. Edelman, Julian Edelman, Super Bowl jersey. No, Wes Welker, big Wes Welker guy. I had one when I was younger and then just never revamped. I had a Welker and a Woodhead one when I was back in the old days. Danny Woodhead, man. Yeah. PPR uh, gold, by the way. I love speaking of PPR gold. That's what I think Ramondre Stevenson can be this season. Now, I, you, you lay at Memphis, you laid out perfectly the anti Ramondre Stevenson argument, and, and it's a good one, but. And it's always comes down to the coaching, right? We don't trust Bill Belichick. Um, you know, you made a good point with the with the offensive coordinator situation. That is not one I, I generally um, generally get get tossed my way. But I will throw out a, a coaching trend, and it comes in the form of targets per season. This running back had 54, 86, 72, 123, 95, and 62 targets from 2015 to 2020 for the new England Patriots. And that's James white. Now, as far as I'm concerned on this team, Ramondre Stevenson still fits the, the pass catching back mold more than anyone else. Pierre strong still hasn't been able to, to create a drum beat. Hasn't been in, in overly impressive in camp. Hasn't created snaps for himself. Neither is Kevin Harris to the point where they brought in Ezekiel Elliott. And I still think that with Ezekiel Elliott, similarly to what we were talking about with Brees and Dalvin Cook, where Ramondre Stevenson is still getting a bulk of the tar- running back targets, and Zeke is taking up a lot of the a lot of the garbage. Now he's going to get a lot of goal line touches, which does ruin Stevenson's touchdown upside. But I don't know if any of us expected the Patriots to be this high octane offense that was going to create a ton of touchdowns for Stevenson anyway. So. I see that as somewhat of a double count in a way where he might only be taking like two or three touchdowns away from him, which can be crucial. But with the pass catching talent or lack thereof on this team, Stevenson with his efficiency 
and ability as a receiver can still work his way to 60, 75 targets fairly easily, in my opinion, with with the way this team is going to have to force to keep up with New York and Miami and Buffalo. And if that's the case, he's probably paying off in redraft. Now, if you we shift to best ball at the 2-3 turn, he's a little expensive. But if you're already holding him, now we got to talk, talk about Dynasty. Like He's going to be fine this year, but I think you're right that if the if the hype is still high, I might be waiting to to the season to see if we can get some some spike weeks because his values dipped a little bit. I would like to see that return to the mean. But- I, I, I think you're I think you're spot on. You, you want to see a handful of games play because Zeke is still going to need uh, an on ramp. He's going to need to get warmed up, and I don't think he's going to come in and immediately be able to just assert himself. But th- this is, and, and you'll find, and I'm a Colts fan, by the way, but you'll find no bigger fan of Bill Belichick than me. But this is that trap that he falls in as an older coach. He falls in love. Like, you just see Bill Belichick game planning weekend. Like, when they played the Cowboys, he's game planning for Zeke. Remember, he brought in Reggie Wayne. He brings in these older veterans that he has a lot of, you know, reverence for. And I just see him possibly giving Zeke a larger work share than he wants. That's one of my concerns just because in his mind, he's Zeke and Bill Belichick sees him as Zeke. And Bill Belichick was the guy who started Damian Harris over Ramondre Stevenson. So it feels like there's already a Bill Belichick bias uh, against him. And then I just remember last year when Mac Jones was flipping out on the sidelines, cussing all the checkdowns. I don't think there's as many checkdowns in this offense this year as, as initially thought. Uh, I think we're close. You said 60 to 70 in, in that range. I have it like 55, 60 targets. Yeah, I mean, I would say 75 is certainly more of like an 80th or higher percentile. Output, sure. But. And, and you're right. They are going to be behind. But I think the defense is going to be better, which is Bill Belichick's baby. And we and now we have a professional. I don't care. He was the world's worst GM. He was a better than you realize head coach. But he's a pretty darn good offensive coordinator in – Ramondre Stevenson and, and a high tide raises all boats. So I don't think it's as bad as everyone thinks it is for Ramondre, but I'm with you in redraft. If you got him best ball, you're doing the puppy or whatever it is with underdog promo code underworld, by the way, just in case you didn't know. Um, but if you've already got him, you got him. But like if he doesn't drop into like the fourth or maybe even the fifth round in redraft, because the biggest redraft of the weekend's coming up, not this week, but the next two weekends are the two huge redraft weekends. If he doesn't slide a little bit in seasonal leagues, I'm going to let him go and go in a different route just because there's so much ambiguity in this backfield that I would just fade, but I'm with you. Let's get a couple of two, three good games under his belt and then try to sell in Dynasty and get that cash out that uh, you you may not get if the season gets sideways. Yeah, this is very well said. I don't think I have too much to add to it. You guys presented both sides of the case very well, I think. In my case, I'm I'm in a lot of leagues, and I don't know if I have much Ramondre Stevenson at all. So this could be an opportunity for somebody if, like if you're like me that don't doesn't have much, you could get a discount now just to balance out that portfolio if you're a portfolio player. But I I do think Zeke looked really dusty last year. But again, we have to consider the coach. So I I it, this is a very complex situation. I don't really know how I feel about it. But if, if you're asking me fundamentally, how do I play Dynasty? It's all about price for me. So I'm, I'm probably going to be testing the waters of Ramondre to see what, what the price is for Ramondre now because the price has gone down. 
just to see if maybe I can get a share or two just to balance out my portfolio. But not the biggest fan of Ramondre, uh, even though he did finish, I think, is the what the RB10. I, did, I know he was a top 12 RB last year, but very well said on both uh, on both sides there. Very well done. Um, why don't we uh, move to this next topic we have? Um, so we can't get caught up in preseason, but when these rookies, so these rookies are out there, right? And they're they're flashing. I, I mean, the Podfather tweeted out Zay Flowers, which looked really good, by the way. It's really impressive. So uh, Memphis, which rookie has impressed you the most so far in preseason after week one? I, I don't think we've seen enough of him yet, but I really liked what I saw from Roshan Johnson. You know, um, the Podfather, you just mentioned him. He likes to mention, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name, the gentleman from Roster Watch. Um, Alex, who, Alex Dunlap. Thank you very much. Alex Dunlap, who also writes for the, the, the Texas, um, some kind of a media outlet with Texas. But anyway, he always talked about like they, you know, Roshan was really more of a 1B. He wasn't a 2. And it was only a couple of runs the other day, but I was really impressed with what, what I saw. Now, I know the, the listener may have saw the highlight, the 56-yard touchdown pass to Khalil Herbert. I get it. He's the incumbent. But if you read all the drum beats, so by the way, a little hack for all the for all the listeners of the the roundtable, create a new Twitter account, okay? Twitter account. Only follow the beat writers, the athletic writers, and like the ESPN assigned journalists for each team. That's it. No, because you got your other handle to, fo- to, to to follow. You know the follow Seth, follow Matt, follow me. The the Warzone roundtable. You can do all that there, but just follow these beat reporters. You get nothing but their input on everything. And I do that. That's because I, I, you know, shop at my own store, take my own advice. And I have this Twitter account. And you hear that Roshan is going to be a big part of this offense. So do I think that he takes over the season? No. But as we get into the middle, you know, middle of the season, I think Roshan is going to be really good. So I, I will start there. And then the other running back that I really like was Tajay Spears. Same game. Uh, I didn't watch the entire game, but. Because, you know, Derrick Henry's not a pass catcher. I think we all know that at like age 29. And that's okay. You know, they just lost potentially for a couple of weeks, Traylon Burks. Luckily, it was only a a sprain and nothing that will keep him out for the season. But he's going to be involved in the passing game. And as we know, you know, these running backs involved in the passing game, we referred to Graham Barfield's stat earlier in the show. Those are are the first two guys that, that really came to mind for me from the running back position. I guess I'll throw it back to you, Seth. You know, you're uh, you're there in uh, um, the the rookie space. What do you think about Roshan and Tajay Spears? Where were you at to start the season? And where are you now? Oh, I I I was on mock draft live. Uh, so we do these rookie mock drafts leading up to the NFL draft, and I was doing one. I think was it with I think it might have been with Aaron Stewart. It was really early on in the process, and just based on my evaluation, I took in a single quarterback league. Now, obviously factoring in Roshan's draft capital now I wouldn't have done this in hindsight but my evaluation then I took him as the sixth overall player in that rookie mock draft months before the NFL draft and it was probably one of the most disliked mock draft lives that we did because people were going crazy like who's Roshan Johnson we don't know who this this guy is he played he's a backup running back blah 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 it's like yeah but you watch him play and he's you look at the Chicago backfield he is clearly the most diverse running back they have. He can catch, he can pass protect. He's great at running in between the tackles. He had he can do it all. And that that is not Khalil Herbert 
Dante Foreman, they have the most invested in uh, Roshan now that as, as a fourth round pick. I think Poles is building this thing the right way. Um, and they called him a franchise pillar when they drafted him. So I think there's a lot there. It, it may not happen right away, but I really believe, I'm, and I'm sticking to it, by week six, Roshan's going to be the opportunity leader in that backfield. He's really, really good. He's like, I've been in on player profiler. We've been in on him this whole time. And I, I love him. I absolutely love him. Um, to speak of Tajay Spears real quick, I, I like I like Tajay Spears quite a bit too. I don't I, I don't have mu- as much as I information on him as I do on Roshan. I've been following Roshan very closely, but Tajay Spears, very impressive prospect too that I like quite a bit. Uh, Matt, what do you? Who are some of your rookies, or do you want to speak to Roshan a little bit? Yeah, I'll quickly speak to Roshan because I, I made a face earlier and it was at this. When was Roshan in terms of like public ADP? Cause that's a thing. But in terms of actual rankings, Roshan was never actually behind Kendra Miller. So I want to, I want to just get out in front of that. Yeah. Seth and I have been Seth before myself, but we have been pounding the table for Roshan Johnson for, for a long time. Tajay Spears, you know, scared me a little bit with, you know, not having any cartilage in, in one of his knees, but, as a short-term asset that, I mean, that's what you're betting on in that case. Cause his long-term outlook is, is pretty rough. You know, we saw it happen with guys like Todd Gurley, but uh, he impressed with what he can do as a satellite plus. And, you know, if Derek Henry is, they don't want him to take all the touches. So if I think ahead. he's the guy that, that, that you want, because Derek Henry is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. And I think this is Tennessee's all in season. That's why they went and got Deandre Hopkins. It's the last year of any real money, on Ryan Tannehill's contract. And I think next year they want to turn this offense over to Will Levis. They want to turn it over to Traylon Burks and, and, and Tajay Spears and Chiga Conquo. And this is the last year these old guys are in the way. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't bring back in a veteran or maybe even draft someone else. But Tajay Spears, you know, ramp to being really, really useful is right in front of us. And I wouldn't be surprised if you have a, a two-year asset. Because I would not be surprised, kind of like, I mean, I'm not calling Derrick Henry Fat Lenny. But if we have a situation this year where you have the incumbent veteran with the incumbent veteran quarterback, which would have been Leonard Fournette and Tom Brady, and you had the young, shiny upside guy over here off the side in Rashad White. And then fast forward 12 months, Ryan Tannehill is no longer in Tennessee. Derrick Henry leaves in free agency because he's 29, almost 30. And then all of a sudden, this time next year, we here at Player Profiler in the Dynasty War Zone are talking about a guy like Tajay Spears in a similar voice that we're talking about Rashad White. And if you have Tajay Spears now, you're potentially way ahead of your league mates. You're a year ahead of being a year ahead. So that that factors in there, too. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. Uh, to to highlight some of the rookies that, that impressed me, so speaking as a Boilermaker, how about Aiden O'Connell? Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Only yeah. three incompletions, and two of them were drops. 144 passing yards, a uh, QBR of uh, about 117, and and a touchdown pass. He got his first touchdown pass out of the way. He he commanded the offense with a lot of poise for a rookie. You know the nerves are really high for all these guys in their first game, and he seemed pretty calm and and felt like he was at home, you know, on the football field, like he has a relationship with these guys already. So interesting to see out of all the rookie quarterbacks, you know, Aiden O'Connell looked almost like he was the most settled in out of any of them. But, 
you know, this is a guy who late round draft pick with a lot of of appeal in super flex leagues this year with Jimmy Garoppolo's health, you know, questionable and he doesn't look good in camp right now. The Vegas, you know, the Raiders are going to be in the business of losing games to to up their draft capital. And that's going to come down to Aiden O'Connell probably starting games this season. So it was impressive to see, you know, a six round pick come out and, and look that poised in his first NFL game. Uh, as a Boilermaker, I'm really happy to see it. You know, the talent was there. Uh, quick shout out to Payne Durham while I'm at it. He caught a touchdown pass as well. So it was a good week one for Boilermakers, except for Charlie Jones, because my second highlight, Andre Yoshivas, he looks like a dude in Cincinnati. And there's a lot of talks about what's going to happen to T. Higgins in this team. Yoshivas is the next man up. So so Higgins is officially on notice because I ha- I don't think I've seen a receiver peppered with as many targets as he was in, in that game against Green Bay. And he was winning his routes. He was getting open. These passes were just so awful. It, like I mean, one of us could have went out there. Uh, and granted, we had so much pocket protection. We didn't have to worry about another human body getting close to us, but we could have thrown a better pass. Um so Yoshi Voss is another guy who, you know, a Cody Carpentier, you know, tote from way back in the day, but he looks like a dude and and he could have a role in this offense at some point, especially if there's an injury. I, I, I love the, the, the Aiden O'Connell take and not just because I'm an Indiana guy, you're, you're a Purdue guy. It's because of, of who the guy in front of him is. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, not the healthiest cat around last time I checked. And what would you say the over under is on O'Connell starts this year? I'd say I'd say if I had to book it four and a half, four and a half, you take the under over that that's the number of games, because here's the thing. If the Raiders get off to a slow start and they probably will, because that's a tough division. Hey, let's see. Because what what do they say? Well, we got to see what we got in the rookie Aiden O'Connell, because we're not going to do well. And we already talked about at least three of the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft class. The Raiders could be prime candidates for Caleb Williams, although I think uh, Arizona has the inside track there. But we mentioned Drake May and Quinn Ewers. There is going to be a potential where you see a lot of Aiden O'Connell. And that doesn't mean that he's going to win the job long term. But if you have him now, someone's going to think, oh, he's the next Brock Purdy. And you can potentially flip him later. But he did look good. I, I would 100%. And by the way, he's, he's, the, next, nerves. he's the next Davis Mills. He <laughs> that's actually uh, really that's actually really good but you know yeah. you mentioned that that Raiders game that was their only preseason home game and if I heard correctly that was a sellout so imagine them playing in front of a sellout Las Vegas crowd your very first game in the NFL even though it's preseason it's still sold out it's still Las Vegas and, and to perform that well was actually pretty cool so uh, I, I love that one I have one for Seth now you wide receiver guy uh I tr- yeah yeah. So, so I have two of my bigger hits as long as I've been doing this creating content have been Terry McLaren as a rookie, yeah. nailed him. And the other one was Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was my first mm-hmm. big hit. I was like, you got to get him, you got to get him, you got to get him, you got because I just love him. You know who's in that mold and is showing out in camp, but doesn't really have the game footage yet is Michael Wilson. Oh. I absolutely, I absolutely. Music, love, that's music to my ears. I, I love, I love that third round NFL draft capital. I like smart people. Last time I checked, they don't let dummies into Stanford. It's yeah. not Purdue. You know, Stanford is the Purdue of the West Coast, but it's it's smart people. He's different than. So in, in any industry in life, you're either the same as, better than, or different than those that you work with or contribute with. 
he is different. He's a taller guy. All the other guys are small. He fits that role that DeAndre Hopkins was playing there to a T. He's going to get a, a very featured role very early. And I'm telling you, the prices went up since rookie drafts, but get him because it's only going to go up more. That dude's a ball player. And as long as the, the foot injuries from early in his college career doesn't come back, you're looking at a guy who's going to exponentially increase his value like a Cooper Cup, like a Terry McLaren, because he's got some juice to him, man. My, uh, we had the, it was actually the episode the Podfather was on here. We reviewed my rookie portfolio, my highest owned rookie, because I kept drafting him. He kept falling to the fourth Same. round, was Michael Wilson. Was Michael Wilson, baby. Mine's it like was, 68%. Like, I like, like two thirds yeah. of my team got Michael Wilson on it. So I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. I've got, I think, 10 or 12 shares somewhere in there. I, um, I managed to not have like a fourth round pick in any of my dynasty leagues this year somehow. But I got like a ton of second and thirds where I was grabbing like Marvin Mims and Jaden Reed. So I got a bunch of, I have, you I'm at like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm at like, I'm at probably like 50, 60% Mims slash Reed and like on an and or situation. Oh, Matt's over here like the like the woman with a Virginia ham under her arm crying the blues because she has no bread. You're not starving over here, dude. You I'm got not plenty, starving. You got Marvin Mims and Jaden Reed. You're doing fine. But but you yeah. know what? Maybe you want to recoup. Maybe you can go out and because you're you're saturated with those guys. And Seth mentioned it earlier. You talk about diversification of your your players. Maybe you go out and move one of those guys and try to get Michael Wilson and like maybe a second back. Maybe it's Wilson yeah, and a fourth for for for. And for you know, you get Wilson and a and a second, and you give up Reed in a fourth or something. That's a a great deal. You put a little draft capital back, and maybe you diversify a little bit. Mm, I didn't even think like that. That's that's why we got Memphis on the pod to help Seth and I specifically yeah. get better our teams. Oh, for, for sure. This has been great. We do have to run a quick what we call an informative segment from the Podfather because he came on here and he's. I don't know if he scolded us. We called him an ad, and he didn't like that. He said, it's say informative segment. So we keep we say informative heard, segment around I've here. heard him say a lot of things in that tone. I don't think he, he wasn't necessarily scolding us. That's just yeah, I, I jest, I, you know, tongue-in-cheek. It's it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the podfather. So here's a quick informative segment. The draft kit is live. Here, here it comes from the podfather. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, Individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and 
what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, <laughs> it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. And that draft kit features a, a commissioner section written by uh, Memphis Young, who's, who's I, here I, to, I, today. I did write. I, 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 it, yeah. it's, the, it's the Ten Commandments of being a fantasy football commissioner. Um, just all the things that you need to do. Because, you know, being a commissioner is not easy, first of all. Mm. And, and you are doing uh, the, the real work because – Without you, the lineup does not, you know, the, the league does not go. And it will go as you go. So, yeah, we, we, we definitely put it in there. I, I always love to say that Matt nails it. It's not the cheapest, but I love to quote Jerry Jones on my podcast when I run that informative segment from the Podfather. You know, Jerry Jones, they had about $400 million of overruns there at Cowboy Stadium, and they asked Jerry about it. And Jerry said, look, nice things aren't cheap, and cheap things aren't nice. So is it the most, is it the, the least expensive? No, but is it the best? We're biased, but we think so. Go check out the draft kit guys. And uh, if I can help you with your, uh, your commissioner questions, just uh, hit me up on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. I'll be happy to help. Yeah. Uh, we say it, we, Matt and I gush over it every time. And we, we have to say, you know, I, I know we work here. I know, I know we do, but it, trust me, I've looked at other draft kits. I've, you know, I've, I've been around the fantasy space for a little bit now. And well, you were the editor. I had no idea what any of this was going to look like until it dropped. So I yeah. ascend besides, you know, contributing to the content side a little bit, had no idea what the design was going to look like and what it dropped. Like I was seriously like amazed at the work that went behind it, the quality level, or the level of quality behind the graphics and the formatting and the level of analysis for each player and different rankings. I mean, there's truly not more of a, I'm gushing over it again, but there's not a more comprehensive guide out there. And shout out to Theo. Theo really worked hard putting that together and everybody who contributed to it as well. I do want to shout out a, a couple things. Trade Gods. You got to go watch Trade Gods. It's one of my new favorite shows on the Player Profiler YouTube network. Airs tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Central Time. And I also want to shout out, we have a new producer for dynasty roundtable he's in the chat right now under the name notorious jr his name is jay i'm gonna throw up one of his comments right here he says the connect commission section is fire 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 so we thank thank you so much to jay we needed a producer and uh jay's gonna be our full-time producer so go give him a follow wherever he goes on twitter or wherever he is um uh so yeah he's gonna be our new producer we may even have to bring him on here sometime uh, to talk a little, uh, to see what Jay's up to, but, uh, Matt, what's, uh, what's next on the docket for, uh, Memphis. So we, we touched on it a little bit with some rookies that were really impressing us, but there are always some names that come out of the woodwork that, you know, the masses quote, I've never heard of. There's always these guys that stumble up closer to week one. So who are the who are the deep stashes? You know, we have these dynasty leagues have deep rosters. Your waivers are hardly ever a thing, even though there's fab, you know, you, you're, you're playing on your taxi squad. Who are those guys that, that you're going to want to, you're going to be fighting for, for your league mates for coming up soon? Well, he, he may already be rostered, but I like Eric gray 
in New York with the Giants. I don't think he's getting enough love, nothing against Matt Breda or any of the other bums there in, in, in New York. But if something happens to Saquon, he's a guy. But the guy I want to spend a minute on is Trey Palmer. So yeah. that was uh, yeah. Cody, Cody, you know, talk about the dog rating and our boy Cody Carpentier. You know, Trey Palmer was one of his guys, and I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. And and you hate to see someone get a big step forward because someone got hurt. But Russell Gage went down today in camp with a non-contact injury. Usually that's not a good thing, and that's going to open up more opportunity for Trey Palmer. And what did I see on Twitter literally as we're getting on this podcast? But none other than, than Trey Palmer getting behind Sauce Gardner at joint practice with the Jets. And not a lot of people, even in practice reps, get behind Sauce Gardner. So you're going to start slow. But this is, I I see how many people are in the chat. I expect all of you to tell a friend what they're missing out on right after you pick their pocket on Trey Palmer because you watched the Dynasty Roundtable. You should be out right now. Um, While you're listening, you should be looking in your league trying to get Trey Palmer because you're you're going to hear a drumbeat and you're going to continue to see it. Um, Those are a couple. and, And then one last one. And he's already been out there because he's had a couple of good preseason games. But I got him. I got him on waivers and superflex leagues. Is DTR um, Thompson Robinson, the the backup in Cleveland. First of all, uh, Deshaun Watson has had two ACLs in his career. He's a knucklehead. There's not a, a, a you don't have to like think really long and hard before you could see where much like Jimmy Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell, you could see this guy on the field this year. So those are a couple of guys that if I can go out and I can get them as like throw-ins on trades, like maybe you really like a trade, but you see a Trey Palmer, a, 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 a DTR. Uh, I even like Charlie Jones. And we know, I know you mentioned uh, Andre, and I can't even pronounce his last name in Cincinnati. Another Purdue guy, Charlie Jones. I, mm-hmm. I, I you know, cause, cause they can't afford to keep, uh, oh my goodness, the third wide receiver. Um, Boyd. Boyd, Tyler Boyd. And, you know, they got to pay Higgins. Is it really feasible to have two wide receivers making 20-plus million dollars on a team that you fancy a contender? So those are the kind of guys that I'm looking for because the running backs are a little bit more obvious and they're a little bit more expensive, but these wide receivers that maybe have a little bit more of a barrier to entry, those are the guys I'm stashing. Yeah. Uh, Trey Palmer's on my list too, man. I I love that player. Uh, so I, And now he's going to – unfortunately, you know, you never want to see a, a guy get injured. He has a you know more of a path to opportunity um, with this injury to uh, that didn't look very good like you mentioned to Russell Russell Gage today. But you can you guys kind of stole my thunder, Matt Babbage, because I thought I was going to come on here and I should have known better. I thought I was going to say, "Oh, Aiden O'Connell, you should you should stash him in all of your dynasty leagues because that's something I'm doing because we know that Las Vegas is likely not going to be a very good team this year and." they could potentially be trading away Devontae Adams at the trade deadline and going full tank. Although it's a very interesting situation with their head coach and GM that appeared dead set on winning. But anyway, uh, Aiden O'Connell, I think Brian Hoyer's on the roster too, but it would behoove them to see what they have in Aiden O'Connell. And he had a really good preseason game. So that is somebody I am going to add. But I'm going to throw another quarterback out there that I think could potentially see some snaps this year and that's Clayton Tune from Arizona. Um Kyler Murray we know is coming back from the ACL. He's probably not he's not going to be ready for week 1. Colt McCoy is the backup and he's probably going to start the first set of games, but if this is a team that doesn't I mean if they get off to a slow start and let, let's face it they're not a very good football team, they're in a tough division with the 49ers and Seattle and so they're likely at 
contender for the number one pick. Why not see what you got in Clayton Toon? Why not start him uh, at the back half of the season? And if he gets some starts, he, he could have some value in super flex leagues. And, uh, you know, staying in that same offense, I think you're, these guys are going to get opportunities like the Keontae Ingrams of the world is the backup running back there behind James Conner. And Trey McBride, I, I still think, is is going to get some starts because Ertz is coming off that ACL. So I, I, I don't know uh, why I stayed have... with Arizona there, but whatever. Well, let me ask you a question schematically. Mm-hmm. No offense to Colt McCoy, but he's never going to be confused with the athlete that Kyler Murray is. Kyler Murray could lose an, an entire leg, and I think Colt McCoy is still behind. But who plays the game more like Kyler Murray so that when you're doing that, it's a new offensive coordinator, you do that new offensive install. Who plays the game more like your existing QB1? It's Clayton Toon. It's not Colt McCoy. So if you're trying to do like more of a – and Clayton Toon's not Kyler Murray, but he's a lot closer in comparison to Kyler than Colt McCoy. And Colt McCoy gets hurt in his own right. I think Clayton Toon is going to be the guy. And Matt B. in the chat said it's pronounced Toon. June? Is that- June. I'm gonna have to see some who's, some documentation on that one. Uh, I, yeah, this is like Brian. that. Do we have a Cam- Matt Camara Kamara? I feel like we're being trolled. I don't know. Matt seems no. like a good guy. Maybe he's not. But Clay- Clayton Chun, Clayton Chun or Tune or whatever. I mean, look, like he's six three. I mean, I know he's a fifth round pick and he's 24 years old, but he he's can't a, he's a big work. kid and he's he runs a four six. I mean. I think he's got some talent. I don't know if he's going to amount to anything. But Why not showcase him and maybe you can flip yeah. him for something? Exactly, exactly. That's, because you're going to wind up with a high for. pick anyway. And there's like, if they get the 101, they're going to be up against the choice of Kyler or Caleb Williams. So why not have two potential quarterbacks you could trade? Because then, then you get more draft picks. So I just, I, I think there's more to be gained by losing games with Clayton. Because I'm not going to go to his last name now until I get a, an official pronunciation. <laughs> and and yeah. you, you have more upside to lose games and letting him show you what he can be if if Kyler's not going to play to start the season. So I'm all about that action. Yeah, there he certainly can't be a worse deep ball passer than Colt McCoy was last season. I mean, yeah, he's got the arm strength. I liked what I saw out of him. Having the willingness to take those deep shots, even though they weren't the most accurate passes, um, you know, he has the strength to kind of fit the ball into the windows that he's going to need to fit him into. So I, I like the base of what I saw from Clayton Toon and definitely, yeah, absolutely. And so defenses are going to have to pay attention to the fact that he'll tuck and run um, or, you know, a read option, something with James Conner, whatever the whatever they script up. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot closer to, to Kyler Murray. So I love those points about about Toon. I'm going to I'm going to keep saying Toon. Uh, a stat he's probably with the hype surrounding him uh, he's probably rostered but in case he's not maybe some late round trade bait right now is Dwayne McBride Mm -hmm. because I don't know about you guys but I watched that Minnesota game and I was not impressed with what I saw from Ty Chandler that looked like just some compiled rushes you know a lot of them were going he's getting stuffed at the line didn't look explosive when he was attempting to break tackles and he looks kind of slow. And when you're doing that against second teamers, you're going to get crump crushed by first teamers. And so I think Dwayne McBride, when he steps onto the field is going to start earning himself some more snaps. Cause I don't think Ty Chandler's that dude. So I think Dwayne McBride has a path to being the team's RB two sooner rather than later. And so you know, he's currently not priced at that, even if he is rostered. So McBride's a guy I'm trying to get on my rosters. And then 
you guys, yeah, you guys kind of hit all my, my strong points. Really. I came here and ready to talk about Charlie Jones, uh, Trey Palmer, Clayton tune. So we kind of covered all mine there. Charlie, it, it's week one of preseason, but it, Charlie scared me because he was, he was out there a lot, did not earn many targets. And it, Seth talks about a lot about Marvin Mims. He, he brings him up on a lot of shows. And what he talks about is his pass blocking and how important that is. We saw George Pickens do the same thing. They're just animals out there, right? And that stuff earns you snaps, being reliable in those situations. And Charlie Jones looked afraid of initiating contact with anybody. And that's what concerned me. Because if he doesn't have that in him to try and pass block, he's going to be in the slot. You got to be able to, to chip those guys for, for reliable screen games. So if he can't, if he can't do that, if he can't make that a part of his game, then he's going to be a special teams guy. And so that that's something I'm worried about from Charlie Jones. Gotcha. So we, we do have one more uh, question. I think it's the perfect question to, to end the show on. Um, so Memphis, you've been playing dynasty a long time. What's your golden rule or what advice, I guess, or, or what rule would you, do you live by? Like, during the preseason, if you had to give some advice to dynasty gamers out there. Uh, I will tell you this, that anything that you hear that's positive, cut that information in half, cut the positivity in half and anything that you hear that is bad, multiply it by two. It's lying season. So, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, like, first of all, I don't need anyone to hype up Jameer Gibbs, but there's this video going around of him today, like bebopping through the line and like defenders, like two hand touching him. And they're like, oh, this is all that I need to see to be able to move Jameer Gibbs up. I'm like, I, maybe I should try, you know, you know, getting my eyes checked. It just looked like a guy running through the line. And I saw three guys that potentially, if they were really trying to tackle him, maybe could have. So it's just anything that, that you see that's overly fluff, overly hype, cut it in half. And anything that's that's bad, like the Traylon Burks news came out breaking. We're live on, we're live on Wednesday evening. It's an LCL supposed to be out for a couple of weeks. That tells me he's going to be out a month and that we're going to be right up against week one or week two. And yeah, it stinks because I think a lot of people were had big high hopes for, for Traylon Burks. And then, then he gets cleared. Then there's like a couple of games of on-ramp. So they're saying it's a couple of weeks, but it's probably actually more like six weeks. So you multiply by two, divide in half, and that will just keep you uh, from, from overreacting. And the last thing I have is if you've ever like worked like in manufacturing, understand quality. There's this thing called three diamond five Y. And if you're going to trade for a guy or you're going to trade away to guy, ask yourself why five times. And if you can't, if you can't answer, if you can't get like to the third why as to why you're trading for somebody might be a good idea to rethink trading for that person. So, but if, if, if you can, awesome. I, I, I implement some of this into my rookie picks, but ask questions. Why am I doing this? Where do I see it going? And then uh, divide the the fluff and multiply the bad. That's what I got for you. That is so. So background on me, Memphis. I, I majored in industrial engineering, and so I am you know into lean. I have a green belt certification. I work in manufacturing and logistics. I can't believe I just heard five times why incorporated into fantasy football. But it's such great advice. Getting down to that root cause analysis of, and and being able to. Well, can I give you my rookie thoughts on this? Because I've been yeah. incorporating this for years into rookies. Absolutely. Your first round rookie pick, you should be able to answer five whys as to why you're drafting them. Your second round rookie should be four. Third round should be three. 
four should be two. And then fifth round guys, like why? Because he's here. He has a pulse, you know, but, but when you force yourself to really dig in and ask questions, you know, you guys had lasso fans at all. Yeah. Haven't seen season three, but, 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 but the scene where they're in the bar playing darts. Oh yeah. And he says, be, be curious, not judgmental. That's the way. Another thing that you can apply. Be curious. You know, when 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 someone says something that that you don't like on Twitter or you don't agree with, don't get mad. Don't get judgmental and just disagree with them. Ask yourself why are they saying it? Is there some merit to this? Can I learn something from this? And if you can't, that that then react. But if not, just try to learn and, and be curious and, and and get to some root cause or some root reasoning, and, and you'll find that you get a lot better at this game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've Seth has gotten me to to do this with David Montgomery multiple times live, live on air. When we when we first started the whole debacle, I was so out on Montgomery, even at current cost. And then now slowly I'm, I've realized, you know, there was a lot to the other side that I was kind of shutting out because I I had labeled David Montgomery as this, you know, dusted plotter, which he, you know, was not. And so, you know, that's that type of that type of uh, advice is, is truly sound. So, and what's funny is what I kind of came prepared with was, was similar to what you put, which is, you know, pay more attention to the bad at this time of the year, but you have to be paying attention to everything. So, you know, kind of going off of what you said earlier about following all those beat reporters, you know, every single rookie, every single prospect that's out there right now is, is someone to be paying attention to. And, you know, the highlights that are, that are going to surface on Twitter from you know nfl accounts and bigger accounts those are you know those are the social media plays and the ones that are posted by the team social accounts are you know ones that you know they're going to show you the good of quentin johnston i'm I'm not this is not the point i'm trying to make i promise but you know you you have to pay attention to find the other intricacies that are happening in practice if there are drops or you know there there are these beat reporters they are watching everything and they're reporting on everything that's happening. You can complete a lot of these player profiler profiles and ask yourself selves those questions. And you know, the preseason is a good is a is a good time to easy time to lose focus, get wrapped up in maybe redraft your other leagues, best ball. When there, in fact, there's so much happening right now in dynasty that there are so many windows to capitalize on, and this is one of the most important times to to be locked in yeah i mean so much good advice there uh the only thing i'll add is um you know really consider the source Uh, i think memphis was was talking about this when he when you mentioned you know follow the beat reporters for me with my bears it's adam johns and courtney cronin courtney cronin's out there killing it on the beat path um just a lot of good actionable information about the team that i follow you know so well, the Mike, last thing I, I – well, I didn't mean to cut you off ahead. there, but when, no, when, when you follow just the beat reporters, mm-hmm. you, you don't follow any fantasy people because that's your job. We're yeah. the fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football content creators. It's my job to put the dynasty and fantasy spin on that. It's your job as the, the, as the fantasy and dynasty gamer to put your own spin on that. How can I take advantage of this? How am I getting this first by following, you know, Courtney and the other fella – on the on on the Bears, how do I get this actionable advice on Roshan's balling out and moving up the depth chart? Because if you if you follow it from a fantasy perspective, you follow you you run the risk of falling into the trap of the echo chamber. Yes, exactly. It's information 
It's just that's a, and that's exactly what it is. This is what happened. There's no like Seth pumping up Roshan like for my like because I love him because I and I always will. So you're you're getting the straight facts from these people, and it it's 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 great advice. And uh, I I honestly don't have much to to add to that because that's basically what I do is I follow these beat reporters like Mike Reese has covered the Patriots forever. Yep. Like these are the guys you should be listening to. And then Memphis is right, you know, come to player profiler to get our fantasy analysis on that information. That's how you should play it. I completely 100% agree. And I don't have anything else to add, but to say that as we transition into plugs, if you're not tuned into the dynasty war zone, if you're not following Memphis on Twitter and uh, YouTube, he has his own YouTube channel. You need to go do that right now because it's, he's, thank you so much for coming on it's been a fantastic episode but i'll give you an opportunity now to plug whatever you got to plug man oh just real simple first of all this is why i love being this is why we brought the dynasty war zone two player profiler is to be able to interact with guys like yourself like matt like maddie kiwoom like jason like seth and i mean you are seth theo and, and and john and all these amazing people but I, I do want to give my bold prediction. So you can follow me anywhere. If you just search Dynasty Warzone, uh, we do a bonus podcast. So if you're already tuned in to Player Profiler, you're going to get our main show, that simulcast Wednesday live on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. And then the podcast is in the Player Profiler audio, you know, whether you're Spotify, Apple, whatever. But we do bonus shows. And if you search Dynasty Warzone, you'll find all of our audio and video content there. But I do want to give my bold prediction because I was prepared to give a bold prediction. Can oh, I yeah. do that on the way out? I oh, always absolutely. forget. I always forget about no, you're you're good so because I, 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 I saved this one. I didn't tweet this yet because I was saving it for this show. You ready? Oh, wow. All right. Aaron Rodgers, top five fantasy QB this year. And as a dynasty gamer, you get two years out of him. What does Aaron Rodgers want? What does Aaron Rodgers want? He wants to defend the honor of the quote unquote best coach I've ever had. Mm. He's going to go out with that offense, with Garrett Wilson, with Brees Hall, with Dalvin Cook, with Alan Lazard, Corey Davis. He is going to be like that dragon in Game of Thrones. And he is going to scorch the earth of everything you think he's motivated remember two years ago when he was motivated in green bay and he won back-to-back mvps you've you've offended his best friend you've caused him to give back 37 million dollars if you wanted a motivated pissed off aaron Rodgers, you got it in that first year we thought we were going to get it last year with russ you're going to see what you saw in 2020 with tom brady where he finished you know qb8 matthew stafford in 2021 where he finished as qb6 you're going to see big things out of this New York Jets offense. And uh, for those of you, the view that play DFS, write this down on your calendar. Aaron Rodgers, week five at the Broncos. You don't think he wants some of Sean Payton's ass after what he said about Nathaniel Hackett in the media? I think, again, you do pray. Pray that you're not playing Aaron Rodgers in head-to-head week in week five, because it's going to be bad. So there you go. There's my bold take. Seth. Mm. Yeah. How, well, how do we feel? <laughs> Not great, because uh, I have a lot of respect for Memphis, because I, I don't agree. Uh, I uh, Man, a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, uh, I guess he has his boy now. I mean, he brought the whole Green Bay posse with him. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Hey, uh, surround now, yourself with friends that love you as much as like Adam Sandler and Aaron Rodgers love their boys, because yeah. they always put everybody on. The whole crew gets put on if you're in the inner circle of Aaron Rodgers or Adam Sandler, because it's like the same eight movies, the same guy, yeah. guys in every movie. But that, that, that's my thing. 
if there's You're any right. quarterback that's that's kept his his body up to up to par and his arm healthy and maintained arm strength over the course of his career, I mean Aaron Rodgers is closer on the scale. Seth is gonna hate this. And, and that's Aaron why. Rodgers is closer on the scale to Tom Brady than he is to Breeze or Roethlisberger or Rivers or Manning in terms of how they aged in the twilight years of their career. I mean Rodgers. I know it's training camp, but I mean. He like if that offensive line can protect him and and this offense is what we think they can be, I can see it in the realm of possibility. I, I, I'm telling you, we, we said think about all the same things. Hey, Tom Brady's doing all this different stuff, and he's you know he wasn't the Tom Brady in New England, and that's the exact same thing. You know, he's doing the smoke and the J celebration with with Sauce Gardner. They're going out of the town. He gave back thirty seven million dollars. He's got a point to prove. You've offended. I, I I saw that in the show sheet. I didn't pick that because it was in there. I, I'm ju- I'm just telling you. I like guys with a chip on their shoulder, and I think Aaron Rodgers has got like the the rock of Gibraltar there. He's ready to light this league up this year. <sighs> wow. We, we I don't we it could almost be a whole other show of of counter. Oh, well, 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 how about this? We'll wrap this one up, but I'll have you guys come on the Dynasty War Zone in about a week, and right. uh, we, we we can do part two of this. How does that I sound? Would- I would love that. I, to be I, continued. I'm to in. be continued. Yeah. We're not over. The, to be continued. I the cliff notes would be we have a 40-year-old who may I mean as much as he might want to do it, he might not be able to do it playing in an off or in it with a team with a great defense where he's, you know, likely just going to have to manage some leads, plays real slow. But anyway, that's just the cliff notes. Um but yeah, thank you Memphis for coming on. Matt, what do you have to plug? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, two articles just dropped. Uh, one on keeper, or sorry, that one's in the vault. Um, one on Superflex draft strategy. That one just dropped uh, yesterday. So walk through, uh, you know, the early, mid, and and late round phases. You know what you should be, you know, checking off your list for Superflex drafts and how to kind of capitalize on on positional value while kind of letting the draft flow to you. So my my comprehensive Superflex draft strategy guide is released. And then also uh, an article on dumpster diving for some for some veteran value. And so guys like Mac Hollins and Devin Singletary are a little undervalued right now, especially in under underdog drafts. So uh, I write a little bit about them and then two other players. So you can check that out on playerprofiler.com in the article section or at you know my my staff page in the in the player profiler website. Uh, other than that, we are we're rocking and rolling with this podcast every Wednesday. Yeah, and uh, shout out to to people like Matt Babich and Jonathan Lang and Aditya Foldiore, and the list goes on and on of the the people that I work with. I I love this job. If you don't know who I am, I'm the editor at PlayerProfiler.com. I work with all these talented people. I read everything they have to say, and it's made me a much better fantasy football player. So that's exactly what you should go do for free right now in the news and article section. And there's their Twitter handle at the bottom of every article. So you can easily click on it and follow them. And these guys, I mean, they're very sharp and they don't have enough followers. So go do that. Uh, They deserve way, way more in the thousands and not the hundreds. So that's my plug. You can also follow me on Twitter. See my crazy Aaron Rodgers rants and, you know, other things. Um, Seth underscore D-I-E-W-O-L-D. So, uh, I don't think Memphis is going to like how we end the show always, but uh, um, any final words of wisdom before we give them the signature farewell? Nope. Just thanks for uh, having me on and be sure to look for these guys here in the next week or so on the Dynasty Warzone.
All right. So uh, Sam Babich, uh, if you don't know, is uh, Matt's father, and he's he's a regular listener, so he knows that I'm an old young person. I don't always play nice with technology, so it it's always a struggle for me. You'd think after about twenty or thirty shows, I would have this figured out, but let's see he's, if if he's right. If I can end the show correctly here, so thank you once again for tuning in. Don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, go follow Memphis wherever he goes. And as always, nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. As, oh, I thought I had it. Oh, there it is.